Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, and welcome to Season 5 of the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. My name is Jonathan Messenger. I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited to be with the real deal, 100% true Bebop Rebel Mogo. Want to try and say hi to everybody, Bebop. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. All right. Here we go. Season 5. This is going to be so much fun. We're going to do a lot of new stuff this season. I'm really excited about it. And we had a kind of cliffhanger from the last season that we really need to address that's right, Jonathan. If you remember in the last episode, the Marlowe was about to explode. But then Finn had to punch in a code in order to save it, and we needed our listeners to write in and say what that code was. That's right, Bebop. And so we got a lot of emails. We got almost 100 emails with different ideas for that code, and we'll thank all of our code breakers at the end of the episode. Sound good, Bebop? Sounds amazing, Jonathan. All right, we're really getting along here. So, should we start? Well, Jonathan, I think there's one thing that we still need to address. Oh, and what's that? No most powerful telescope in the universe. Okay, fine. Bebop, because we're actually picking up right where last season left off, I relent. No most powerful telescope in the universe. I promise. You promise? For real. Okay. All right. So if you remember what happened in the last episode, Finn had a punch Jonathan, the- I already did that. Oh, sorry. Old habits die hard, Bebop. Okay, so let's get right into it. Season 5, Episode 1 of the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. Uh-oh, it's magic. <laughs> no, Jonathan, no singing from you, please. Okay, fine. Uh-oh, it's magic. Any ideas, Elias? said Finn. Don't look at me, said Elias. Puzzle solving is your area. Ten seconds to separation. If we don't figure this out, the Marlowe is going to be gone, said Vale, and we might not even be able to get to our parents. Come on, Finn! Five seconds to separation. Five. Finn ran through various combinations. There's no way it would be something as simple as one, two, three, four, or one, 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 one. It had to be something with meaning. Four. In fact, it had to be something that only a Marlowe explorer would think of. So it could be 280. Three. But then an intruder could guess that. It could be ironic like 820, inspired by the Shakespeare, but why would... Two. There was a number rattling around in Finn's head, something he'd heard that surprised him and lodged in his memory. One. What was it? What was it? Finn shot his hand out and typed 3455 into the keypad. Separation aborted. System restored. Finn closed his eyes. He couldn't believe that he'd done it. 3455. The number of books on the Marlowe. And the number of books Protofessor downloaded onto the Guardian. That was close. Ooh, I agree, computer, said Finn. 
a little too close. Please do not do that again. Okay, got it, computer, said Finn. You should be more careful. Okay, yeesh, said Finn. Can I have a moment to celebrate? You nearly blew me up. I'm just saying. All right, all right, said Finn. Can someone shut that computer down? Finn turned, and all of his friends were huddled up, laughing. Abigail peeled away, and Finn saw that Vale had the ship's intercom mic in his hand. Pretty good impression, huh? said Vale. And Abigail, Elias, Vale, Paige, and Genevieve all rushed at Finn, giving him a hug, relieved that it was finally over. Okay, said Genevieve, sitting in the captain's chair. The course is set. We should be at the Puzzle Master's planet in a few hours, and we can pick up the grown-ups. Just a reminder, you all have to explain why there's a dragon sticking out of the side of the Marlow. I'm not taking the blame for that one. Finn, Abigail, Elias, Vale, and Paige were all lying on the captain's bridge floor. So were the other kids. They were exhausted. The kids who had been left on the Marlow had been under Bunce's careful and evil eye for weeks, and the explorers had faced their most difficult challenges yet. They all wanted to sleep, but no one wanted to be alone, so they dragged mattresses from their various compartments and lined the floor with them. Most had dozed off, but Troop 301 was still up. What if they're not there? said Abigail. It's been a long time since we left our parents. What if something has happened? And we'll find them wherever they went, said Finn. It's not like it's the first time we've had to find something in a far-off galaxy. Elias was lying on his stomach, doodling a new design in his robot notebook. Look at this, guys. Elias held up his notebook so the others could see. What is that? said Vale. It's a new design for Proto, a sort of Proto 2.0. Elias's drawing showed a robot that looked like Protofessor, but had a crown on its head and something shining on his chest. What is that? said Paige. A medallion? Yeah, said Elias. I thought we should crown him and give him an award, since, you know, he saved all of us and sacrificed himself for the Marlowe. Sacrificed himself? said Finn. I thought you said he was going to be okay. He is, he is, said Elias. He just overloaded when he connected to the Guardian. He'll be fine. Meg, Cloco, Foggy, and Voltronics took him down to the robot room. But I thought that while he was down, we could, you know, fix him. Fix him, said Paige. Proto isn't broken. I know, said Elias. I'm just saying, he has some trouble talking, so maybe we could. He doesn't have trouble talking, said Paige. That's who he is. You keep your dirty mitts off of him. Wow said Elias. Okay, okay. What I think Paige is saying, Elias, said Abigail, is you can give Proto his awards and his crown for all he's done for us, but trying to change him like that. We love Proto as he is, and because of who he is, he was able to save all of us. I know, I get it, said Elias. Hey, if you want to fix someone, maybe you could give me a robot arm, said Vale. 
What's wrong with the arms you have? said Finn. Nothing, said Vale, as he started to drift off to sleep. I just want a robot one. Like, not to replace my arms, I want one, like, in the middle of my chest, and it would be super strong and super fast, so I could eat really quick. Vale fell asleep, and one after the other, so did the other explorers. When the explorers awoke, they were surprised to find they were not alone. Standing over them, smiling, were their parents. The kids jumped up and wrapped their arms around their parents, who looked tired and hungry and more than a little weepy. Captain Caspian was the first to let go of Finn and Paige, and, clearing her throat, she addressed the entire Marlowe crew, which had assembled on the captain's bridge and spilled out into the hallway. As a parent, said Captain Caspian, you are constantly surprised by how amazing your children are. But I think we can all agree that all of the Marlowe children, whether they were out on the planets of this galaxy trying to save us or here on the Marlowe trying to stop the scourge of bunts, are something beyond amazing. I... I know I should, but I don't have the words right now because I'm very tired and I haven't eaten anything for a very long time. And so I say we all head to the Great Hall for some ice cream. But before that, we must remember that we are Marlowe cosmonauts, explorers, and trackers of the universe unknown. And so even while we rest and we celebrate and we reunite, we must continue our mission. So, Genevieve, set our course for the next galaxy. The Marlow will never be stopped. The Marlow astronauts all cheered and filed out of the bridge, each of them taking turns to Boo Bunce, who was still stuck under a laser net, sitting in the hallway, looking very sad. Get a haircut, yelled Vale as he passed him by, happy that things were finally returning to normal. After they'd eaten their ice cream, and the kids had been squeezed by their parents for longer than a human should be squeezed, everyone returned to their compartments to go to sleep. The Marlow was humming along toward a new galaxy, and Captain Caspian had already told the explorers what their next mission would be. To visit a planet that, it appeared from early readings, had the same atmospheric conditions as Earth, same amount of oxygen, same air to breathe, same salty oceans that made clouds and rain and snow. Get some rest, said Captain Caspian. This could be the one. But at three in the morning, Finn was still awake. There was something that was bothering him, and he couldn't quite shake it. He'd gotten the right code just in the nick of time. They'd picked up his parents and the rest of the adults. They'd had ice cream, but there was still something nagging at the back of his brain. He got up and put on an extra pair of socks, both to warm his feet and allow him to walk quietly around his compartment. He opened his bedroom door and he tiptoed through the small living space, careful not to wake his parents or Paige. He slowly opened a small drawer 
and pulled out a flashlight, leaving the drawer open so no one would hear it close, and he tiptoed to the door and opened it. Finally, said Abigail, sitting against the hallway wall directly across from his door. For a minute there, I thought you could actually sleep, and I was wondering what was wrong with you. We all were, said Vale, who was sitting against the wall next to Finn's door. Elias, on the other side, closed his robot notebook and stood up. Okay, so none of us can sleep. What do we do now? But the explorers were already walking, and they all knew where they were headed. They hadn't seen their robot friends ever since the parents had arrived. So they passed the Great Hall, the Map Room, the Library, and wound their way down to the Robot Room. They were surprised to find the door open. Foggy, said Finn as they walked through the doorway. What are you all? But Finn stopped. Foggy wasn't there. Neither were Voltronics or Proto or Meg. In fact, it looked like the entire Robot Room had been ransacked. Papers everywhere, desks turned over, old robots tipped over and lying on their sides. They heard a distant rumble of an explorer pod, and without saying a word, they all dashed out of the robot room and down the hall, running as fast as they could toward the explorer pod bay. When they got there, they found Foggy, Meg, Cloco, Voltronics all standing outside the airlock. One of the bay doors was still open, and an explorer pod was rocketing away from the Marlowe. What is it? said Finn. Come on, don't tell me Bunce got away. No, said Foggy. I don't know who it was. Foggy put his head in his hands. Finn looked out the window. He could see the explorer pod flying away, packed with robots. And beside it were two people, dressed in black, flying outside the pod. No rockets, no jetpacks, just flying. One of them turned to Finn and looked him in the eye. He couldn't quite see because the person was wearing a mask. He could have sworn that he or she was smiling. They got it all, said Foggy. They took all of the Marlowe's secret robot blueprints, everything. And they took Proto, said Voltronics. Sweet fancy Oreos, they took Proto. I don't understand said Elias. What happened? I'm not blaming you, but why didn't you stop them? They used something that we were powerless to stop, said Meg. I know this will not make sense, but they used magic. All right, I'm here with my son and editor, nine-year-old Griffin Messenger, say hi to everybody, Griff. Hi, hi, hello. <laughs> All right. Hi, hi, hello. Indeed. Welcome back. Oh, you're dabbing. You're dabbing in the middle of our recording session. All right. You're 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 excited to be back, right? Yep. All right. I'm excited to have you back. Oh, another dab. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you are really excited. All right. So what did you think of that episode? Uh, good. Okay. I'll take good for a first episode. Plus one. Good plus one. Good plus one. Okay. Do you have any questions? Uh, who were those people? At the end of the episode? Yeah. Who were the two people? Yeah. You had a theory? I I think it's Bogus and Bean. Bogus and Bean from, se- from season one? Yeah. 
That's a good guess. Of course, no spoilers. Yes, spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler Club episode number two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this season is partially inspired by a series of books called The Very Nearly Honorable League of Pirates, which was recommended by our listener, Colin Tren. And so this beginning plot kind of takes some from the beginning plot of the very first book from that series. But having said that, that doesn't mean it couldn't be Bogus and Bean. I'm just saying. What kind of... Did they use magic or something? Who to use magic? If Bogus... If it's actually Bogus and Bean, did they use magic or not? That's a question for Spoiler Club, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you understand why... What the number, where the number came from that Finn punched into the keypad? Yep. That is a number of books that are in the library of the Marlowe. And so that number was stuck in Finn's head. And so he typed it in and saved the Marlowe. <laughs> yeah, I like the computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Vale being the computer. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, so thank you to everybody who guessed. I'm going to list off everybody who guessed and who figured it out. Uh, who sent in their ideas for the answer to the finale puzzle uh, in a little bit. All right, any other thoughts or questions, Griff? Nope. Then what time is it? Jokes. Joke time! Art time! (laughs) Joke time. Art. Okay, art time. Joke. (laughs) (laughs) All right, joke time. All right, so we have a bunch of jokes today from our listener Cameron, who's 10, from Perth, Australia, who's starting his own podcast called Galactic Adventures of the Lisbon 995. That's awesome, Cameron. And he sent in a bunch of jokes and a bunch of art, and uh, he reminded us that we had not told his jokes yet, and so I appreciate the reminder, and here they come. What do you call Saffrite when she wants to pass wind? A gas giant. (laughs) What is a monster's favorite dessert? Ice cream. (laughs) What did Finn say to Abigail when a monster was chasing after them? I think we should get out of here. Like, (laughs) like Finn, think. What did the planet say to the asteroid? Meteor tomorrow. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much to Cameron for all of those jokes. All right, and then we have one joke that was sent in by our pal, Ryan, who's five, from Lancashire, England. I never know how to pronounce the names of English towns. I would say Lancashire, and I know that all of our English listeners would cringe, so I'm guessing Lancashire, England. Here we go, Ryan. Where do aliens surf? I don't know. Where do aliens like to surf? I'll milk it. Waves! <laughs> that's great. Thank you so much, Ryan. And that's all for jokes. All right, since we have so many people to thank for solving the code, we're going to thank all of our code breakers today. And then in our next episode, we're going to do a massive art thank you. Thank you to everybody who's been sending in the art. The art is amazing. But the show would go on for a very long time. So code breakers this week, art next week, and then forever into the future. So, Thank you to our code breakers, Frida from Wellington, New Zealand, our pals Liam and Theodore and Pinchus, Kai in Nottingham, England, our old friend Amelia Shriver, Zion and Levi from Pyeongtok, South Korea, 
Juliana and Micah from Sebastopol, California, Markham from Milton, Massachusetts, Henry, who's 11, and Callum, who's 8, from Piedmont, California, our old pal Emmett, Emma, who's 10, Harrison, who's 7.5, from Chicago, Illinois, someone who emails us under the name Squelph the Elf, <laughs> Jonah, Dexter, who's 8, and Maxwell, who's 5, Dagan, Cameron, or Cambot3000, who's 10, from Perth, Australia, Sisters Sage and Juniper, Jason from Oregon, Lewis from Spartanburg, South Carolina, who's nine, Jeffrey, who's seven, and Kayla, who is five, from San Carlos, California, Milo and Zoe, aka Scout, from San Francisco, California, our old friend Layla, hope you're doing well, Layla, Victoria, Cass, who's 12, Oscar, who's seven, from Richfield, Minnesota, Logan and Catherine, from Belleville, Canada, Philip from West Point, Mississippi, our friend Dylan, August from Lee's Summit, Missouri, Gabriel, who's nine, Sarah, who's five, Maddie, who's eight, from Kensington, Maryland, Maurer, who's eight, and Leaf, who's six, from San Diego, old school, Finn listeners, Maurer and Leaf, our pal Yassine, who had a really cool guess where he guessed 00110001, like binary code, good guess, Yassine, Liam, who's six, and Cora, who's four, from Coppell, Texas, Yuri from Gainesville, Florida, Christian, who's eight, and Daniel, who's five, from Sydney, Australia, Sarah Beth, who's eight, and Silas, who's six, from South Portland, Maine, Henry, who's five, from Olympia, Washington, Andrew and Haley, Orion, Brennan, and Deacon from Pasadena, California, Alma, who's seven, Alana, who's 6.75 years old, from Raleigh, North Carolina, Micah and Idan from Evanston, Illinois, Benji, who's eight, Genevieve, who is seven, from Silver Spring, Maryland, John from St. Paul, Minnesota, Ansel from Fort Collins, Colorado, our friends Carmen and Christine and Camille. <gasps> Thank you all so much. All right, Griff, I think that's it. Thank you again to everybody. So happy to be back for season five. I think we have a lot of really fun stuff planned, don't you think? Yes. All right, anything else you want to say to the audience? Nope. All right. <laughs> All right, he just, just dabbed again. All right, can you say goodbye to everybody? Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> All right, bye, 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 everybody. All right, I want to say thanks again for coming back to season five of the Alien Avengers of Finn Caspian. So much fun this season. We're going to have a lot more ways for you to participate in the show. Thank you for all your art, your jokes, your codes, your sounds. Everything is really amazing. Thank you all so much. Also, if you sent your library card photo in and you haven't gotten the story, just go to fincaspian.com library. The link is live there now. You can just pick it up. You don't have to re-enter anything. Just grab the story and go. The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a Gen Z kids production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg. So we voted the nicest human in the multiverse. Our cover art is by Sir Ian Dingman. You can find our show and all of the Gen Z shows at bestrobotever.com. Go to that website. We just launched a new show called Mother Nature. Check it out, and I will see you next week. And next week, I'm going to thank all of you artists. Uh. 
I wore winter boots every day for two years. I hate climbing trees. I'm Deborah Goldstein, host of the podcast The Big Fib, and half of those statements were indeed fibs. On every episode of The Big Fib, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert and the other is a liar. And it's the job of our human child contestant to help us figure out who is who, because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. We've had episodes on everything from Minecraft to mythology and from Lego to libraries. Join me and my robot co-host, Lisa, on The Big Fib on Apple Podcasts or on gzmshows.com.